Simply Stogies is a passion project that is fan-funded. If you enjoy the content Simply Stogies brings to you and would like to see more and different kinds of content, a website, more on-location podcasts with blenders, manufacturers, or retailers, or video reviews, please consider supporting Simply Stogies on Patreon at patreon.com slash simplystogies. Supporting Simply Stogies can get you a ton of perks, including instant access to bonus material, access to Simply Stogies Discord, including a Patreon-only channel, shoutouts on the show and social media, a monthly virtual herf with myself and other supporters, the ability to suggest cigar reviews, cool swag, or the opportunity to do a cigar review on Simply Stogies Podcast. Thank you for your consideration and your generosity. Now, on to Simply Stogies. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I'm your host, James. This episode, I want to tell you a little bit about my journey and how it brought me to the Cuban cigar. When you think of cigars, you can't help but think of that island 90 miles south of Florida. It is synonymous with cigars. Every day. Somebody walks into a B&M here in the United States and says, hey, can I get a Cuban cigar? And unfortunately, some of those B&Ms will sell them a cigar that is obviously not a Cuban cigar. Here in the United States, there is this romanticism, maybe a little bit of hype that surrounds the Cuban cigar. Why is that? Is it because they're so hard to get here? Is it because they are illegal? Is it because they're so good? What is it? So obviously my journey was bound to take me here. And quite honestly, it took me here very early on. My first Cuban cigar was smoked in the city of Toronto. In the late 90s, my father worked for an international company that took him all over the world. And one of the places that it deposited him for about six months was Toronto. Because there is no embargo on Cuba in Canada, they have Cuban cigars. So my dad thought that it would be a great experience to purchase three cigars, three Cubans for myself and my brother when we went to visit him. While he stayed in Canada. Unfortunately, I was not in a position to really appreciate a Cuban cigar. I was not a cigar smoker. The only cigars that I had smoked at that point were probably Dutch Masters from a gas station. 
So I did not appreciate what I was smoking. And I certainly didn't understand the embargo and what that meant for Cuban cigars in the United States. So I had no idea what I was smoking. Since that time, things have changed. Under the Obama administration, the regulations were relaxed. The restrictions were relaxed for Americans. We could travel to Cuba. We could purchase cigars in Cuba. We could bring back X amount of cigars from Cuba. And so there was a little bit of a renaissance and there was a lot of hope that they would once again become available here in the United States. Unfortunately, the current administration, no matter what you might think of them, they have decided to tighten the restrictions. So it has become much more difficult to travel to Cuba to procure these cigars legally. There are ways to get Cuban cigars here in America. You can't purchase them from anyone in America. You can purchase them from overseas. We'll talk about that in another episode, just not this one. This episode, I really want to focus on my journey and how it brought me to Cuban cigars. The first Cuban cigar that I smoked, that I truly appreciated, that I took the time to understand the flavors, to really examine it, and to appreciate what it was that I was smoking, was given to me by a great brother of the leaf, One World, over at simplystogies.club. The cigar that was gifted to me happened to be a H. Upman Half Corona, or as it's affectionately known, the HUHC. Now, if you're not aware, there are some in simplystogies.club that hate the HUHC. So there's a little bit of controversy around it that surrounds this cigar. Is it good? Is it not good? I happen to fall on the side of, yeah, it's a pretty good cigar. In fact, it's one of my go-to cigars when it's cold outside or when I don't have a lot of time to smoke, but I still want to get a cigar in. The HUHC fits the bill. It's one of the first boxes of Cuban cigars that I purchased. So the HUHC holds a special place in my heart because it's truly the first Cuban cigar that I smoked. Maybe not chronologically, but in my heart, it's the first. And I remember wanting to really try my best to compare it to non-Cubans. And some of the non-Cubans that I had had up to that point were the Arturo Fuente short story, Guardian of the Farm, Apollo. Those were two of the cigars that I had really come to enjoy early on in my cigar journey. I remember when I lit up my first HUHC, I remember thinking, okay, this tastes like any other cigar. For the first few minutes of the cigar, I wasn't really impressed. I wasn't blown away. I didn't find anything different in the taste or the flavor profile that would distinguish it from a Dominican-grown cigar. But then all of a sudden, out of left field, there was this twang. There was this spice, this flavor profile, this something that I, I couldn't put my finger on. And the best word that I have to describe it is twang. 
I don't know what it is, but there it was. It set itself apart from every cigar that I had had up to that point. Now, up to that point, I had probably only had 15, maybe 20 cigars to compare it to. And those 15 to 20 cigars were the first cigars that I really started to pay attention to when I first got into the hobby, where I was really enjoying it and and enjoying my time smoking them. So for me, the Cuban cigar lived up to the hype because it was different. Now, does, does that mean that it was better for me? I don't know. Now, there are some Cuban cigars that are absolutely fantastic. Uh, another uh, fantastic Cuban cigar that I was gifted uh, by uh, Gnome was the Juan Lopez uh, Selección Number 2. Absolutely fantastic cigar. So much so that I bought another box of them because I fell in love with it. And it's still one of the cigars that I will pick up whenever I am not sure what I want to smoke and I will enjoy it every time. And it is different. Again, it has that twang has that something. And I don't think that it's just the hype. I don't think that it's this, it's illegal. It's, it's taboo or that even that it's kind of a, pain in the ass to get. I don't think that it's any of that. I think that Cuban tobacco is fantastic. And I would put a, a good role. Well, we'll talk about Cuban quality control in a in another uh episode. Because we could probably spend an entire hour talking about Cuban quality control or lack thereof. But I would put up a Cuban cigar, a good rolled and well-aged Cuban cigar against any Dominican-grown cigar, Nicaraguan-grown cigar, Honduran-grown cigar, any cigar in the world I would put up against a a well-aged, well-made, handcrafted Cuban cigar. It has to do with the soil. That's the bottom line. It has to do with the soil. When when Castro took over Cuba and and some of the things he was doing and, and, and some of the families had to flee, uh, and they left, they took seeds with them. So there, there are Cuban seeded tobacco out there. It doesn't taste the same. Why? The soil. And I don't want to get into the science of it during this episode. I don't want to get bogged down in the minutia. We'll leave that for another episode. So once I had this HUHC and I had decided that, wow, this is fantastic. And it's not just hype and it's not just all of these other things that surround the mystery of the Cuban cigar. It's none of that. That is actually a really good cigar. For me, the question became, how do I get my hands on more of these Cuban cigars? Now, at this point, I want to be very clear. It is illegal for an American to purchase Cuban cigars, period. You are allowed to purchase them from Cuba. If you are on the island and you can only purchase X amount and then bring them back, that is the only legal way for you to purchase a Cuban cigar. If your friend happened to go to Cuba and he had some, he gifted them to you. That's fine. You can bring them back. You can't sell them. That doesn't mean that there aren't ways to do that. There are a plethora a myriad of websites, if you will, that you can go on to and with your credit card, 
purchase Cuban cigars. A whole lot of them if you wanted to. There are sites based in Spain, Switzerland, and even Australia that will sell to Americans. And they will ship them to you. And if the shipment gets lost or confiscated, typically customs will just send you a letter. And customs will tell you, hey, look, someone tried to send you something that, that is contraband. If you let the seller know that this happened, typically in most situations, after 30 days or so, or a set amount of time per their policy on their website, they'll send again or they'll refund you your money. So there are ways to do it. And I wouldn't call this black market. I would call this maybe gray market. And there are some folks that have a problem with this. And to be honest, I kind of had to examine what my thoughts were on this and how ethical was it for me to purchase this. Cuba is a communist country. So purchasing Cuban cigars, even legally when you're in Cuba, you are supporting a communist regime. What are the ethics behind that? What are the consequences behind that? I I, I had to wrestle with that when I bought my first box of Cuban cigars was how did I feel about that? And here's where I landed on the issue. So these sites that you purchase from overseas, from Australia, Spain, Switzerland, wherever, these sites are not LCDH sites. LCDH stands for La Casa de Habanos. They are the state-sponsored seller, retailer of Cuban cigars. And there are LCDH retailers around the world. And when you buy from LCDH, you are buying from Cuba. You are, the money you are spending directly goes to the communist regime in Cuba. But that's also literally the only way you can be 100% sure that what you are purchasing is an actual Cuban cigar. There are a ton of fakes out there, especially around some of the larger names like Monte Cristo and Cohiba. Uh, names that are synonymous with Cuban cigars, there are fakes galore. And so when you're traveling overseas, you have to be very careful about where you purchase and how you purchase. And even online, you have to be very careful about who you purchase from. And this is where having a community that is well-versed in this helped me out quite a bit. And there are a ton of guys at simplystokies.club that know about this. They know the ins, they know the outs, they understand it. They know who sells uh, real Cuban cigars and they know which retailers to stay away from. But when you're purchasing from anywhere, the only way to make sure 100% that you're purchasing a authentic Cuban cigar is to purchase from an LCDH outlet. But these retailers on this secondary market, on this gray market, they didn't purchase these from Cuba. I don't know where they purchased these. I have some ideas, but these are all secondary market cigars that have already been purchased from Cuba. Cuba already has gotten the money for these cigars that you are purchasing from these, I'll call them resellers. So the money you're giving, the money that I'm giving, for Cuban cigars to some of these resellers 
from Australia, Spain, Switzerland. It goes to them and it helps that country's economy because the money's already been given elsewhere to Cuba. So personally, I am not giving my money directly to Cuba. Indirectly, yes, I am contributing to it. But if everybody stopped, then, you know, Cuba wouldn't be getting any money. But that's not going to happen. If I were to stop, it's like a drop in the ocean. Maybe my comfort level would be a little bit higher if, if I, but again, I'm okay with it. I don't want to get too political, but in a global economy, I'm not really sure what the embargo is doing at this point to Cuba. This is, this is Cuba's livelihood. And I think if you see how some of these folks are living, are we doing more harm than good? I don't know. That's left to smarter men to figure out. What I know is I enjoy Cuban cigars. Now, does that mean that, that there aren't non-Cubans out there that are just as good as Cubans? No, absolutely not. There are some fantastic non-Cuban cigars. In fact, I now have, and I'm not sure if I'm proud to say this or if I'm a little embarrassed, but I now have over 500 cigars in my personal stash. The vast majority, in fact, over 400 of those cigars are non-Cubans. I still enjoy Cubans, but Cubans have a problem. And again, I don't want to get too much into it. And we will on another episode, but Cubans need some time to age because Cuba needs the money. They don't let their tobacco age nearly as much as they should. They're constantly churning out box after box, cigar after cigar, because they need the cash flow and because there is such a demand for them. Because of that, even when you purchase the cigars from overseas, unless you know you are purchasing, a box that has some age on it, a year at least, when you get these, they have to sit in your humidor for a year, sometimes two, maybe even three years before they reach where they need to be for you to smoke them and enjoy them. And I can tell you from experience, there is nothing worse than lighting up a cigar that needs more age. It is harsh. It is bitter. It is not a pleasant experience. So while Cuban cigars are fantastic, there are certainly some drawbacks, both in terms of how they smoke and even some of the moral and ethical dilemmas that come with purchasing Cuban cigars. I hope that my journey and how I came to Cuban cigars helps you in your journey, or at the very least, you found it entertaining. I hope you join me next time where I don't know what we'll be talking about, but I promise we'll be talking about Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, my friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.